Welcome back to Not 97. This is season two's final episode with Faith Harding, aka Novelty Daughter, a fascinating Brooklyn-based singer, songwriter, and producer previously featured in episode one of this season. Faith brings Ryan Power's off-kilter pop stylings to the table. We introduce the newly formed power trio Loma and their enchanting three-part harmonies on the recent single Black Willow. Fresh-faced London four-piece Sorry offers a raw nod to grunge in their contagious track Lies, and Portland duo Nurses delivers a warped psych ballad within the mirror. Live from only New York, this is not a podcast, this is not a radio show, this is Not 97. Enjoy. Welcome back to Not 97, not a podcast, not a radio show here in the Lower East Side at Only New York, 2.10, last episode of this season. Dave Jones. Good evening. Rashad. Yo. How you up? living? Yo, what's good? We're here. Special guest, previously featured on the show, season two, episode one, Faith Harding, aka Novelty Daughter. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here today. Welcome. Welcome. So, <laughs> Thank you. Novelty Daughter, record came out last year. Inertia. Tell us a little more about what you do, your music. It's always been hard for me to put a genre label to it. So the the ones that I've tried, I guess, would be like (laughs) experimental pop um, with a lot of textures and beats that are borrowed from like dance music or other like beat heavy music. Yeah, that's pretty much how I would describe it. What's your background in music? I was taking a lot of music lessons when I was younger and I started out just doing classical piano. Of course, like most kids, I found that incredibly boring after a certain period of time. My piano teacher noticed that and started having me do stuff out of like the real book, which is like a jazz chart book. I enjoyed that a lot more. She had me doing a lot of vocal exercises with her. And so that was really when I started developing like a passion for music, I would say. And I think that that has kind of continued into my influence as a musician now, because like still to this day, the thing that I care about most are kind of like really evocative chord progressions and really nice melodies and really nice lyrics and how those all can like tie together, which is what I really liked about the songs in those books a lot of the time. So yeah. what yeah. did you do with your real book when you finished with school? It's <laughs> it stayed at my dad's house. It got peed on by my cat a few times. It's and then yeah. Very appropriate. <laughs> that was my goodbye. Do you also <laughs> work at a label or I did start a label last year called easy to find that has about three or four releases out we're gonna have a new release out um in a week or so that's gonna be like we're doing some like ambient stuff for the winter we thought that would be an appropriate thing you know some more introspective things before that we were putting out some like I guess I would call it dance music I'm gonna put out a release there soon um under my more dance handle Feichi um, I do also DJ at times in the city. No, I knew there was a label in there somewhere. Yeah. Word, let's get into it. Let's play some music. My first pick is kind of a random one that I don't really know how I found from like a premiere on some UK magazine SoundCloud page. It's called Hefe, J E F F E. I think it's Hefe. Could be Jeff. Could, could be Jeff, <laughs> could be Jeffy. Is Probably like, not Jeffy. No, ne- definitely not Jeffy. <laughs> uh, she's like pretty low with like 20 followers on SoundCloud, like 40 on Twitter. But the song through the debut has about a thousand or so plays in the last month. It's called Whoever You Love, I'm Cool. This is it. Hefe, I hope. Fooling around, fooled by the 
Uh, we talked about I heard this earlier I was, We were talking about uh, The way it, it Like builds up It like adds a sound Throughout the whole song Until you're like At the end And I was like damn But when you I didn't notice It's like it's very subtle Until it just It's kinda, so subtle Yeah it just builds up Builds up And then there's these Subtle qualities That they just Add the layer on And I, I really like That part of it Along with her voice It's like a yeah. good It's also muted too Like e- right yeah. away It kind of like Fills out But it's all very muted sounds and just her voice is like upfront and clear, which holds my attention the whole way through and the layers just kind of add to that around her voice. Yeah, and I like how things were kind of surrounding the vocal. That was to me the part that stuck out of the song the most was I really enjoyed her vocal texture and it was something that was uh, kind of all into its own. I mean, it went from like this kind of lower graveliness all the way up to like a really nice sweet bravado and just it was something that I can kind of keep my ear latched onto yeah. while the track in the bed was changing and especially once the drums came in as much as I enjoyed that finally happening and definitely appreciated the payoff and always want more drums so, and so sooner it's but it's not even a payoff though it comes in at like a minute it's funny because it is like a drop but it's like a few drums like it's like nothing but I guess my point being still like even with that and as sparse as all that is like her vocal is what I'm most attached to and that's great in a song. I mean, that's what it should be. It's the lead. I agree. I mean, the muted quality I found really nice. I think that just speaking as like someone who makes a lot of what I, I assume that was electronic. <laughs> it sounded pretty electronic. But with electronic music, I think there's like a lot of a temptation to really make things as loud as possible or go as hard as possible. And that is I have something you can like a problem you can really fall into a lot, especially when mixing and thinking that it needs to hit really hard. And that's like an anxiety that you have a lot when you make things. And like, I think there's something really cool about being able to kind of get over that and be comfortable with the kind of level at which your song is performing. And I think like in that moment, for me listening to that song, it was just as entrancing as something that like hits really hard because it's just this kind of her being comfortable just staying on this kind of one note with it. Even as like drums are coming in, it doesn't really change the energy of the song. It's just adding interesting elements. And um, I think that's a really like not to be like dramatic but like a kind of brave thing to do yeah. as a producer so it's, this is her debut kind of this is the only song that's on her soundcloud page and clearly she has a publicist because some websites some publications have premiered this song is like 
brand new song from this new artist. To me, it's even braver to do that on a song like this as your entrance and to be confident enough to show restraint there. It's a cool statement. I love the the whole feel of, what does it say? If I ever confessed, it's the best I've been in ages. If I'm ever telling you that I loved our time together, then it's the best I've been in a long time. It's a complicated like love story in there. I really liked it. There you go. Yeah. Matt Pig. Matt Pig. <laughs> what we got next? <laughs> okay, so Ryan Power, um, he is, uh, he's been making music for a while. Um, he's released a lot of things on this label called NNA Tapes. Um, I actually found out about him first when I was in college. He came out with this record called Identity Picks that I was really into when I was in college. And then he just came out with this record, I think just a couple of months ago. And this one is called They Sell Doomsday. Um, I really love his music. It has like a really intense pop sensibility, but also is incredibly out there at times. I mean, this one that we're about to listen to is probably one of his more accessible songs on this release. A lot of the other ones are like, they really go in these bizarre directions, but it's kind of like he knows how to make a pop song, but then he like does one or two things every time that just defies that expectation. And it, it, he has this just mastery to, with songwriting that I think is really impressive. So I'm a big fan of his. This is Give It a Rest by Ryan Power. Oh, That was like the perfect way of describing that song. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yo, that song is crazy. Yeah. Like you said, it had like very traditional writing elements to it. Like the mm -hmm. melody wasn't that far out. And when you took the harmony, that lead line that I'm like kind of thinking of as like really the only harmonic information you have, yeah. you take away like the crazy out there outlying notes. Uh -huh. It's like a really beautiful, like pretty simple harmony. But then like you put that hard as fuck counter melody elements into it. Yeah. And it's it's out there. I mean, that's, it's just like you said, exactly it's like very, like about it. very juxtaposed where like you change three notes and yeah. it's like very traditional. But like the altering of like those specific instances make it something all into its own. I would love to know actually how he made that kind of main backing instrumentation because it sounds like something that you would maybe do with like a sequencer or like an arpeggiator yeah. or something like that. And usually, you know, like you were saying, when people do that, they usually create just this very kind of like nice groove, you know, a nice chord that just plays very neatly the whole time. And I'm such a sucker for when somebody just kind of like screws it up a little bit and makes it just so out 
for a second. That's like his thing, I would say, is that he's just like, I know how to make something that you would just find really nice, but like, no, I'm gonna just do one thing that's gonna like stick in your head for the rest of the day. That's always a captivating thing with out there pop songwriters. I love xylophones <laughs> and the sound that they make. So I just immediately, oh, this is xylophone. The effect of the xylophone. Yeah, yeah. You were just talking about Rashad liking collage sounds. And then we listened to that and my f- first thought was just like, yeah, to be able to collage all of these synth sounds together and create a melody is... But it was still like pretty sparse. It was only really like it drums. Wasn't much. Yeah. That yeah. one yeah. line and then, and then some the vocal. shredding too. Well, There's a little bit is. of guitar shredding there. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. This is like what the Neptunes implanted in me it's like the neptunes made me like these space sounds honestly like their production throughout that era is what personally i like i love all synthesized music because of them you think pharrell would like ryan powers probably yeah it sounds like space and then you have soul vocals it's like yeah. space and soul together. Nah, really it's <laughs> it's like spacey is futuristic yeah. yeah but that's it's perfect but it's, but it's has pop sensibilities yeah that's like literally the neptune's <laughs> formula it's like what pharrell wants to do what's that am i next yeah okay. rashad's goal just bring everything back to the neptune's yo that's it really <laughs> we can full circle back to the neptune's every time i'm straight i got it so what i got this week is a young guy from indiana that you know has been sitting in my soundcloud likes for a while last minute pick you know me i'll just talk about it after so here is omar apollo with unbothered That's Omar. Omar is only 20. He's only 20 years old. As of the last press on him of last year, he could be 21 by now. (laughs) And he's self-taught on the guitar. My whole thing, like, I've played a lot of younger guys from, like, random places. They get to be introspective because they're... It's still, like, a peaceful place, you know? It's like a place where a lot of kids can be introspective and can be, like, open to explore and, like, teach themselves the guitar and, like truly like grow honestly and it's like every time i play somebody from a random place like this it's always good it's always like actually fulfilling and it's like has some content it's never like just like a fluff piece or something like that so that's like really what drew me to the song aside from the fact that it's good vocals like i think he has a pretty good range and like you know he's young it's a lot of potential i think for a 20 year old from indiana I agree. That sounded and felt so nice. I mean, such <laughs> good Midwest soul. The way he was able to like fit the track together to me was really, really pleasing. Just like yeah. the 
bass part and the guitar part and the drum part. It felt introspective, but at the same time, it felt wise beyond its years and its simplicity. Yeah, exactly. And I really appreciated that. And also, I mean, with those backing vocals, which to me were one of the other standouts, created such a strong emotional charge. I mean, he could have just been like scatting or like saying syllables. It didn't need to have a lyric. It's funny that you say that. And it would have felt great. I want to say why it's funny. He, he, <laughs> was, <laughs> he was interviewing and he was saying that one of his favorite artists right now is Young Thug. And he thought Young Thug sounded like James Brown. And he was like, if he put Young Thug on like his live ac- acoustics and things like that, he felt like Young Thug would sound like James Brown. So it's like the similar vibe, this blues connection that's not, it's just a loose freeform type of music i guess like when it comes to the vocals like he definitely plays around with how he just receives his voice i don't know i liked it a lot i want to give some love to the bridge or the breakdown mm. that was mm. going on that really changed everything up for it got really like dirty for me it went from being like <laughs> kind of like laid back to cut like just this like weird little moment i i feel like the genre was really hard to pin down which i always love and i think maybe that also might have to do with being from somewhere remote you know if you don't really feel like you have to fit into any niche or anything like that i think it's easier to just kind of like since the size a bunch of different influences that you have and like not worry about it and i think that's like the best music that gets made is that kind of freedom and you can't really tell quite what it is but you know you can kind of tell what the influences are you know yeah we talk about that regional thing a lot with hip-hop and how uh artists coming from a big market is easily recognizable to that market but when they come from a smaller market or or more kind of i don't know like a midwestern place or or a random city or something they're not tied down by like one city's influences and they can like pull from a lot of different places to create their own sound in the same like interview i was referencing earlier he was even saying like well the interview had asked him basically like you know how was indiana he's like well there's there's nothing there to distract us like he's like i could just do whatever i want and no one's gonna like fuck with me at all like yeah. <laughs> honestly sounds nice sounds <laughs> in contrast yeah. he's yeah. like i just like sit on my porch and play uno and like oh, play yeah, the guitar yeah. like no one's gonna fuck with me like, yeah I'm that good. sounds beautiful there's this interesting crop of young kids that a lot of times you've been playing on this podcast that are on soundcloud that are like soul blues r&b singers yeah Mm. yeah and with like surf rocky guitars and shit they keep popping up and they're from they're like these just random dudes good all right so i think omar you know we're waiting for some that's pretty new by the way so we're waiting for some new music but give us some new music dave what you got all right so kind of coming out of left field for me at least not a particularly normal sounding dave pick but i listened to this a bunch of times and it kept sticking with me and i'm excited to kind of talk about why after we listen this is a band called loma l-o-m-a it's a trio uh jonathan myberg who's also the singer in this band called shearwater and uh another two folks from texas or who live in texas now emily cross and dan tazinski i definitely butchered that who used to be in a group called cross record the two of them also were in a relationship for a long time and then broke up and are still in this group with uh, Jonathan Myberg, who's based in New York City. They're signed to Sub Pop. Shout out to Sub Pop. And this song that we're going to listen to called Black Willow came out about a month ago. So let's just listen to it and then break it down. So once again, the artist, Loma, the song Black Willow. Thank you. 
Black Willow. It's a fucking cool song. Damn. It's a fucking cool song. Yeah. Right when you said it wasn't a Dave pick, I said you're the only one that would pick a song that has three part harmonies the whole you, way. Yeah, I was about to say, well, this is a Dave pick <laughs> in an in abstract mean, sense. I was kind of thinking about it too. And when I was doing my notes, I was trying to figure out why. And I have this like very unhealthy obsession with trying to define American music because, I mean, there's no working definition of it. And like in a country with, you know, its greatest cultural output, arguably, is music. Like there's no... And way of defining it. I think this is like a really good example of American music in a way where it's like something that's pulling from disparate cultures and amalgamating it into like a very cohesive sound. I mean, there are elements of like like that harmony and especially the melody are so gospel influenced. Yeah. And then yeah, you just like have that kind of like that dirge of a bass line, very reminiscent of like Memphis soul. And then like just like a very simple kind of dark drum, dark soul beat. It just gets me. It just like for, for no reason other than the music is just so beautiful composed and put together I get very emotional listening to it that's fair I really love the harmonies that was like the thing it was like very choir-esque yes you know and I was just I didn't think it was gonna last the whole song and I was like okay because usually that's like not a normal that's like not a typical thing for nobody entire, takes lead and it's just all harmonies the whole yeah way. the whole way that's like that's fresh that's like new I mean it's old it goes back yeah. to like the American <laughs> tradition of like sitting yeah. around like on your porch singing songs exactly it, it seemed very like chant-esque also like it was uh, it's already kind of stuck in my head like it's one of those stuck in your head rhythms for sure do you know how many people are singing in the I think it's two or three. Yeah, because it, it's weird because it sounds like two, but then it also sounds like I think they're like really low, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it might not be like pure three part harmony. There are at times and at least two of the parts are doubling, probably like an octave part with like something in the middle. Yeah. But it seems like it's three. I think this song would be a great example of like the power of like good sound engineering, honestly, because like Dave, Dave Pick, Dave <laughs> Pick, he's the engineer. All right, there you go. <laughs> because like, well, I think it's just like it's so simple, but it sounds so full, and it's like I feel like I spend a lot of time 
in that song wondering why like why does it sound so evocative why does it sound so, why does it have such a mood and i like noticed these like hissing sounds yeah. that were just like these really Sinister purely sounds. yeah textural things that were just so like made the song in a way like really put the put the bow on the present that was that song mm-hmm. and i was just like wow cuz there really is it's it is very minimal but then i think out of everything we've heard so far, it's also the fullest sounding one. Kind of to take what everyone's saying, it's great writing, it's great mm-hmm. production, yeah. it's great engineering, it's great arrangement. There it's, it is. Yeah, it's a full product. My, right. my pick this week, I don't think, Second I think this pick. is, I think, yeah, I think this is, uh, this is definitely not a normal pick for me because I don't normally play bands, which I've realized recently. I don't know why. I normally just pick like, Solo artists, you do. <laughs> yeah, but I picked a band. I picked uh, a four-piece band of young, I think they're all like 20, 21 from London. This is the B-side to their first release. The original single is called Washed. Their record will be coming out on Domino Records. They've got under a 1,000 on all their social-ish, and this song came out a month ago. It's got about... A thousand plays, but it also has a pretty crazy video. I would search up on YouTube. It's just like a close-up of a woman's mouth, like mouthing the lyrics. It's- Let's talk about it afterwards. This is called Lies by Sorry.
Yeah. I love the way that she says together. 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 (laughs) Sorry. Yo, that was fire. Young band, a lot of raw emotion and energy in there. I love that song, though. That was, like, really raw. It hits me. Yeah. I'm always the RT guy, so I guess, like, the video also sold me over. You should definitely watch it, like you said. Yo, this sounded so British. <laughs> the sound, but it's also like grungy. Like it's got those Seattle grunge feels. I agree. I mean, texturally, it felt like I was listening you get the to like British punk vibes. I'm getting British punk vibes, but also like the other thing I wrote down is like it's such an oldie but a goodie of a formula, and yeah. not even a formula, yeah. but like and it's an oldie but a goodie of a formula of like going back and forth between like quiet sections and crunchy sections. Mm-hmm. Matt, to your point of like the Seattle sound, I mean like. Smells Like Teen Spirit is like the prototypical example of that or like anything the Pixies did, which is Boston, not Seattle. But like, I mean, it's such an easy but very powerful production technique when used correctly. And they did. I mean, I really appreciate it every time they did that. It felt so good and felt so right. Yeah, I also think that the the way that they make everything sound really lazy and kind of loose, but it's actually not loose at all. It's actually really tight playing which i think is i can't that just seems so hard to me it seems so hard but it's it's like teenage angst it's like you could be so angsty but then you're actually like everything is very calculated interesting metaphor i like that (laughs) teenage angst angst. that's what it feels like yeah yeah calculated angst in here which is really hard to do and for a bunch of young kids is super impressive. Like you think about like angsty genres like emo or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's still music that's like very intricate. And even yeah. here, like there are so many of those little guitar parts, like in those transitions where like because they're panned so hard, like left and right in your ears, you can hear the like these kind of like trade-offs like halfway through a line. I mean, the, yeah, it's really thought out. And it's like there are these like really, really little moments. But yeah, I have no idea if Faith like how to sound lazy while still trying really hard it's if i had to guess it has to do with just being so good that you can forget about it and just think about the angsty part of it and everything else is just kind of like you You definitely have to believe it it goes for all genres if you believe that you actually have this angst within yourself it will translate in the booth you have to have that type of energy for real you can't just wear all black you have to feel you have to actually (laughs) you have to actually feel it if you don't feel it us listeners will know. That song has great lyrics too. I feel like I always have to shout out the lyrics. I like the line, life feels like it's just based on the weather that oftentimes feels true. And the whole emotion of I make lies like we should stay together. Yeah, that's a strong line. Yeah. And the way that they, that the fir- I think the first time it's delivered, it's like right before a big energy change, which yeah. I think was a smart decision. Definitely a young band with a lot of uh, potential and support behind them. So British. So British. All right. Who's next? Faith. Passing it off. Okay. Um, yeah, my second pick is uh, Susie Analog's Energy Energy. Um, Susie Analog, she is a producer. I, she used to live in New York. Um, I think she moved to Florida, to Miami. Um, she may have moved since then. I'm not sure. I haven't been keeping tabs on her Instagram wise as, as heavily, um, but she is a, just a great, great performer, great producer. Um, I actually played a show with her at Wesleyan um, and shout she out Wesleyan. shout out Wesleyan have to do it. Um, she actually had the flu that day and like I just have never performed with as much energy as she did with the flu. So it's an apt <laughs> name, um, Energy Energy. I think it is a very energetic track. Um, as her name probably uh, suggests, she's really into the hardware, really into synthesizers, drum machines, that kind of thing. And I think that definitely comes through in this one. So NRG. NRG, NRG for those looking for it. Here we go.
Very energetic. Very, Yo, very, very, very energetic. energetic. <laughs> All the way through. That is the part of the set where like everyone needs to like get up and go crazy. And yeah, when she's played it, I think the first time I heard that track was when she played it live and it was like absolutely the one that stood out for me. I think the, a good word to describe it would be frenetic. And like, I feel like I don't even really know fully the definition of that word, but like <laughs> I would just play someone this song and that would be, that should be the new definition of that word. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. She plays on bills with footwork producers often and I can see that. I just think it's like almost like footwork 2.0 in a way. Like she's just like taking it to another level. I feel like that song definitely would go so crazy live. Like right, it would, yeah. it's like a, it's it would go crazy like in the club rather than her performing at a venue. Yeah, I think the lines are getting a little blurred there, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Like especially lately. I For mean, because sure. she cause she uses her voice a lot too when she's performing. But I think like I don't know. It reminds me of like how like Yeji performs now. Yeah. She uses CDJs and she sings over her own tracks. So, like, I think that the boundaries are getting... Exciting. Yeah, yeah it's no, an totally. exciting yeah. time. Yeah. But, yeah. I think that's cool. Like, I think, I think the thing is, yeah, like, she is kind of a DJ in a way um, because she is, like, the role of a DJ is to bring, like, an energetic vibe yeah. to a party. But it's it's really interesting that Susie Analong is doing that by, like, performing instead right. of just playing tracks. Like, she's she's managing to do what a DJ does as a performer. Which is pretty impressive. So, Hard to do. <laughs> it's cool. I, I haven't heard a lot of young, a lot of like up and coming artists that can do that kind of like patchwork with samples. I don't listen to a lot of artists that do it, but I love kind of like the older DJ shadow kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's how this song made me feel where it's like, you don't know what's going to come next, but everything is patched together so well and tightly that it like all just works and it's all like little surprises throughout it. Yeah. And I think another thing that's like makes it similar to a lot of DJ shadows work is that like, you, like a lot of the sounds, like you just like want to know like what world yeah. is this coming yeah. from? Like where, <laughs> where, yeah. Where is this? Like you're suddenly like, you just feel like you almost can understand the context of it, but you're also like very, it's very mysterious at the same right. time. And they're so quick. Like some of them might, it might repeat for a couple bars or something, but then it goes away yeah. and you're like, wait, what was that? She also just, describes like a lot of her work as like mood boards or something like that or like yeah. mood sound boards um, yeah. and she I feel like she uses her music very diaristically which I love I, I've tried to do that it's harder than it I mean it's about as hard as it sounds actually yeah. <laughs> because it's like constantly coming up with things day after day and like being that tuned in to like how you feel and what you're experiencing and making music out of that kind of consistently that just is that's really difficult so I really respect for that. There it is. Cool. Another one. All right. <laughs> Give us another one. Another one. All right. So I got a band from Portland, Matt's second hometown. Which, which Portland? Which Portland? There too. My second hometown. <laughs> Portland, Oregon. There we go. My mom you hates know. you now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, mom. But Matt knows his band. So Nurses is like... They had a moment, you know me. I'm not gonna talk. I'm not gonna talk. <laughs> I was this gonna is just say, like getting ridiculous. Yo, I don't want to. I don't want to give it away. But you know what? I'll give a little backstory this time. They had a moment like 2008. They had like a run. Their debut album did really well. They're like a kind of pop-ish band in Portland at the time, and then got a deal. You know, did a sophomore kind of went like underground for a while. This is like their first project in the past. I think it was six years. It's kind of experimental. It's like a duo. It was a trio, and it's like a duo now. And um, it's fresh though. It's called uh, "In the Mirror" by Nurses. <laughs>
Nurses. Great name. Nurses. Uh, yeah, that is an awesome name. So, yeah, so they had their little run, 2008. The guys met. This is another, like, testament to my middle-of-nowhere theory. They met in Idaho. They're from Idaho. They're, like, were known to walk around Portland with, like, capes on. <laughs> Off stage, just like I can hear that. That's like it, the most Portland thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, which is, that's like seventy-five percent of people in Portland are known to walk around with capes. With capes, <laughs> okay. So there's that, and they're like they just like randomly moved to Portland. They like lived in a their van in Chicago, moved to Portland. They were just like, yeah, this works. Performed at a lot of house shows and did good. And they got signed to this like indie rock label. I think it's like called Dark Ocean or something like that. Dead Oceans? Dead Oceans. There it is. They got a look from Dead Oceans. And um, they call this a Dre, a Dr. Dre, like, this was on their bank. Yeah, what did it say? It was like a Dr. Dre-like pop punk. Album opener, In the Mirror, a Dr. Dre-like production in a Lynchian nightmare sets the foundation for Chapman's wild-eyed musings. I agree with that part. An anthem celebrating life or oblivion or both. Okay. Hey, publicists. Do better. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> there it is. Wow. So there I said it. They went through a know. lot to have dropped three albums. Yeah. And had a moment. Oh, man. At but least. they've got like oh, a, I guess yeah, I guess it makes sense when you put it that way. Yeah, they've been through it. They've a, got uh, that whole intro on Bandcamp is like. Ten paragraphs is, long. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty long. Publicists do better. I mean, you can they, hear you can hear that they had a run. Like, oh they, you yeah, can hear why it's pretty interesting. Like, it is really like I understand why it would make sense in Portland. Like, it's definitely yeah. like today we've been listening to a lot of interest. like off kilter pop music, and this definitely is in there where there are little like pockets of really nice melodies where they're both like together super tight, and then they like let themselves kind of go off into other corners doing their own weird thing. Where we almost and we almost like don't even know who's doing what like what's who's singing at this part and who's who's on the production like are they playing any live instruments it's like really just a, I don't know, it was another collage, another audio collage. Mm. We have another it's, one. It's the night of collages. But yeah, that's really what attracted me to it more than anything. Shout out to nurses. I liked it. I thought it was very epic. There's like this like stakes raising in it where it's like you know, like what they were saying in the, their thing, like celebrating oblivion and life or both. Like, <laughs> you know, this kind of like operatic yeah. element to it. Cinematic. Um, yeah, the guitar sounds were very cool. I don't know how. They must be using some interesting pedals or something because those were cool. And then I, I like, you know, it's kind of the same, um, the melody the whole time, vocal melody, but then like the instrumentation is changing so much that like the mood of it shifts over time, which is a really interesting thing to do. I'm always a big fan of that. Yeah, that's something that always gets me in songwriting. That's true. The melody is there pretty much consistently throughout it's just them in the same like hook pretty much like not too much variation then but really the instrumentation throws you through that loop more than anything yeah but it's also like definitely an earworm like I, that mm -hmm. melody is gonna be in my head I'm gonna be singing myself that to sleep <laughs> we got a, we got a couple like competing earworms tonight yeah, <laughs> yeah a couple chants the night of off kilter pop earworms <laughs> that was yeah and that was another dirgy one too yeah so. had its dirgy elements. you got another one for us yeah finishing it off finishing season two this is a much more indicative day pick this is a band with a silly name called Ha Ha Tonka, which is actually the name of a park in Missouri that they all grew up near. This band is a five-piece uh, signed to Bloodshot Records uh, about a decade ago and have put out a couple albums with them since then. They are, spoiler alert, from Missouri. Um, like I said, the band name is lifted from a park in Missouri. Um, it's a track that I kind of can't remember how I found it, but I just thought it was like another really good example of like kind of what's going on in like Americana and rock and alt country right now. So thought now is a good time to bring it in. So once again, the name of the band is silly as it might sound, Ha Ha Tonka. The name of the song, Race to the Bottom. One of that. 
Yep. Yeah. Strong contender for a day pick. Strong. Strong. Ha ha Tonka with the song Race to the Bottom. Really straightforward, effective arrangement. It plays well with dynamics and density. And the part that kind of like got me through like listening to this over and over again was I, I really enjoy the lead singer's voice. And it sounds so familiar to me, like, I, but I can't place it. It's like this, like, effervescent memory of like an American songwriter's voice. And like, I kept thinking, like, is this the point? Is the point of his vocal sound to like try and make me think of all this other like lineage of songwriters' vocal sounds? Like me, like, I, I don't know. Is I don't that, know if that makes sense. Is that a, a good thing? It sounds not. recognizable, but you don't know. I think that's a good thing because I think it's that's not. A it's good not. Thing. It's not like bitey. It's not like I'm like, oh shit, this. He's just like ripping off Springsteen, or like, oh shit, he's like ripping off Dylan. And it's like, I think it, like feels comfortable. Yeah, exactly. It feels comfortable and welcoming like I've heard it before and yeah. I'm already comfortable with it. I think that's the best place to be probably because yeah. you don't want to s- I mean, maybe you want to sound like no one ever before, but I think like when people can kind of like, you know, there's something about the familiarity of it that makes someone want to stick around like for you, you yeah. know, you kept listening to it over and over again because it's like, what does this remind me of? I'm not sure. Right. You know, that's when you're kind of taking something old and then makes you feel remodeling warm. it. Exactly. It makes you feel warm. That was like your point of, of attention. And when I was listening to it, it was like the opposite where I was like, does this sound too familiar where I'm like not even interested? Hmm. I mean, it's just impressive to me too that they've been putting out this same music for like 10 years now. Yeah. They still have a career, but are still low. I mean, have been on Bloodshot for that amount of time, have been kind of at this up and coming level for that. Working musicians. But they're working, yeah. They're working, they're putting out good shit, so I'm happy about it. Yeah. I really think that all other genres should, should just think about what rock is doing here. You know, they <laughs> give us a little like just release 
in the rock genre, there's really no holds barred. Like everybody is like free for all. Like you can literally <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, because they think that no one's paying attention. That's also true. It's in the middle of nowhere theory. Yeah. Here we go. The middle of nowhere theory, winning the day. Word. There it is. Uh, another episode. The first song we had was I really just someone needs to tell us how to pronounce his name. Jeffy, Hefe, Jeff, oh. whoever you love, um, cool, beautiful song. Then Give It a Rest by Ryan Power. Um, we had the song Unbothered by Omar Apollo. Went over and played Black Willow by Loma. Then Lies by the young band from London named Sorry. We had Susie Analog with Energy Energy. In the Mirror by Nurses and ended it off with Race to the Bottom by Ha Ha Tonka. Faith, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your picks. Thank you so much for your taste. It's a pleasure having you. You're welcome, guys. Thank you for having me here. It was a fun, fun time. Yeah, 997, that's it. That's the whole season. Season two. Season two is over. We're done. But wait. But wait. We have Faith. Faith. Novelty Daughter, please play us some of your own music. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, the song I've chosen is the title track off of my most recent album, Inertia. This was not a single. This was not featured on any blogs or any <laughs> websites, but it is my favorite song on the album. So I wanted to give it some love before the uh, full album cycle was truly dead and gone.
another episode. This is the season sound of season two, episode 10, and it's not 9 7 again. Hey. Wow. Oh. 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 